Welcome to Adulthood Made Easy, a podcast from Real Simple Magazine that will not only help you navigate real life, but win at real life. I'm your host, Sam Zabel. We've talked about relationships a bunch on this show. We've talked about moving in with your partner. We've talked about office relationships. We've talked about long-term relationships. And we've even talked about the joys and the struggles of being a bridesmaid. But something we haven't really focused on is what happens if you get engaged in your 20s and then decide to break it off before you're even 30 years old. Well, I came across an essay on ExoJane that covers exactly that. How lucky. It's part of their It Happened to Me series, and it's titled, I Broke Off My Engagement After I Did a Tumblr About My Concerns About Getting Engaged. Now, is there anything that resonated with me more? I just felt like I could see myself getting engaged, feeling nervous about it, and taking to the internet to work through my feelings. So if that also sounds like you, I think you'll really, really enjoy our guest today. Her name is Jessica Pascoe. She was working full-time as a journalist before she headed to, in her words, the dark side. And now she works in the greater Silicon Valley area doing public relations for tech companies. And she's worked on a number of short essays about her terrible dating debacles, something I also really relate to. So welcome, Jessica. We're excited to hear your story. Thank you. So Jessica, so you, I'm I'm just going to read the headline again. You broke off your engagement after you did a Tumblr about your concerns about getting engaged. So the gist <laughs> of the story, which I'll kind of let you jump in and summarize, is that okay. you were engaged to a guy, but you you had a long time difficulty with the idea of getting married, which is something I struggle with too. I'm not pro marriage. I don't see myself walking down the aisle as I dream at night. Um, And you also kind of had an issue with that big commitment, but you did get engaged. And because you were feeling so much ambivalence and nervousness about this, you started a Tumblr about those concerns. And it was called, we'll let you explain the name, but it was called Bartleby Betrothed. And suddenly (laughs) you realized that if you had all these concerns and you were documenting them to the internet world, maybe you shouldn't be engaged and you broke it off. So that is the gist of your story. Spoiler alerts abound. Um, <laughs> but why don't you talk a little bit first about, you know, how old you were when you met this guy and, and and how your feelings about marriage developed? Because like I said, we sort of have similar outlooks. <laughs> well, first of all, I think most of it has been shaped by my uh, upbringing. Both of my parents are on marriage number three right, right. now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my mother's current marriage three has lasted 20 years though. So I think we're good. Yeah. Okay. So I haven't exactly had what I would call the best role models for marriage. Um, and so it's always made me feel really uncomfortable. I did not grow up with two biological parents living in the same house. So I've never, you know, I've never had that experience. And so it always seemed very foreign to me anyway. And how did it affect other than getting engaged, how did that upbringing affect like dating life? Because um, well, I, I really never dated uh, until I was 18 or 19. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I struggle, I think, with the same thing that a lot of us do. Back when I was a teenager, unfortunately, the funny, quirky girl that we see everywhere now was not exactly popular. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, boys did not find my uh, bookish humor and thrift store attire uh, nearly as appealing as perhaps they do now. Right. Um, so anyways, I, you know, I went through once I got to be about 19 and realized, oh, actually, boys were really simple. They're just kind of dumb and you just have to play on that. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> you know, I dated quite a bit and, you know, I mean, I even lived with a couple of guys and just was never really 
you know, I always kind of sensed, particularly with my first real boyfriend, that he wanted much more uh, commitment than I did. I mean, he actually ended up getting married, I think, a year after we broke up. So I don't know. I've always just felt really uncomfortable with the idea. And I fully admit that I think a lot of it is sort of a self-protective mechanism. You know, my decision of, you know, well, I don't want, you know, saying that I don't want to get married is probably at least partially based in my own insecurity that no one would ever want to marry me. Well, I also think that and 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 I don't know, this is not proven by science. This is just my own personal opinion that the way that we look at getting matched up and dating and mating with each other now is there's so much pressure that I can see how if you had you know, qualms about getting married and long-term commitments, all the pressure just makes you even more nervous because, you know, a new app is released every day and you're like, well, if that app is being released, it must be because people need it and it must be because there are people out there I need to meet. Or, you know, there was that New York Times essay that was like, you're guaranteed to marry the wrong person or something like that. And you're just, it's true. It's like how, how I can't even decide what I want to order for dinner. How do you expect me to pick a person out of the blue and decide that this is the this is the long term choice. So I yeah. I don't think it's just totally you. I think that the whole idea has really evolved into something that has a lot of pressure. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But I mean, I do think there also is a little bit of a you know a defense mechanism. Oh, of, for sure. Uh, doesn't doesn't matter if you don't want to marry me because I don't want to marry you. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, to to kind of skip ahead a little bit, I. Uh, had lost my job and I was about to move to Chicago to go to Northwestern. And how old were you at this point? Just to kind of give our listeners some context. 27, I guess. And so I met this guy and we had what I thought was going to be a summer fling because I was moving to Chicago. And then at the end of the summer, we just kind of decided that maybe we would keep it going. And so we kept it going long distance while I was in school. And then when I finished, I got offered a job in California and to be honest with you, I kind of wasn't really feeling that great about the relationship at that point. Mm. However, me being a moron decided that the uh, the right thing to do would be to say, sure, yeah, you can move across the country with me. So he did. And so, you know, we moved across the country for my job and you know, he didn't have a job. He didn't know anyone. So everything was kind of dependent on me at that point. Which is hard. That's hard. Yeah, it's really hard. And, you know, I kind of got to a point where I knew that he wanted to get married and he kind of started making, dropping some hints about having a family ring and a lot of things like that. And I I, I think I said yes, mostly out of obligation because I kind of felt, hey, you know, this guy just picked up and moved across the country for me. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is I kind of felt like, well, if someone wants to marry me, like, I can't say no. You know, I have to take this opportunity. This might not happen again. That's true. You know, and I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah. So I always said yes. And and I think also I just, maybe I was trying to prove something to myself. Like, see, see, I am capable of doing these things. Like, mm-hmm. I can be normal too. Right. And, you know, so I said yes. And we got this beautiful uh, vintage Art Deco ring. And I was really into it at first. And you know, I was telling everyone. And then I just started feeling awful <laughs> and just nervous all the time. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What did I really do here? You know? Right. Which is a red flag because as I said, I know a lot of people who get engaged that are just, I mean, there's the stress of like planning the wedding. Sure. And like, you know, that stress can manifest as like a little bit of 
aggravation or whatever. But for the most part, it's all sunshine and roses and rainbows and sunsets and white horses and things like that. Or regular colored horses, but just some sort of horse in general. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, so it really started getting me to think like, well, you know, what do I really want? And I guess I'd also always had this idea that I think marriage should be for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so there was also kind of that too, because of course this was before same-sex marriage had been passed. And I kind of felt uncomfortable with this whole institution not being open to everybody. Mm -hmm. So there was that kind of in the background too. And so, you know, I'm a writer. That's what I do. So of course I figured that the obvious way for me to grapple with this is to start blogging about it because I know that I'm not, I can't be the only one out there having those feelings. So your blog was Bartleby Betrothed. So do you want to explain the title a little bit to our listeners? I will. So Bartleby the Scrivener is a short story by Herman Melville that I absolutely adore. Mm -hmm. And it's about this guy who works in the, for the uh, postal system for their dead letter office, which is pretty much the most depressing place you can be. (laughs) And so he's just totally apathetic and not into what he's doing and not passionate. And most of his responses to everything coworkers ask him is, I would prefer not to. Yeah. And so I kind of liked this idea of this sort of eccentric, you know, kind of not miser, but kind of this sort of eccentric naysayer who's kind of stuck in this place that he doesn't want to be in really. And so that was sort of my inspiration is, you know. It's a great title. I would prefer not to get married. <laughs> and you said, and you say, you know, a sample post from this blog might include a link to an article with divorce statistics, a photo of a groom uh, dragging the bride to the altar. Yes. So different things like that. I mean, did your then fiance know about this blog? Like who really knew about this and read it? I'm not really sure if he knew about it. I didn't really tell him overtly, but I didn't really try to hide it either. Did you, was it the type of thing like now everyone posts about their, you know, if they have a blog, they'll post it on Facebook and link to it on Twitter. Was it something that you were publicizing at all? Um, not really. I was mostly just sending it to a few friends mm-hmm. into my mom. And, you know, I have kind of a sardonic sense of humor. So, of right. course, a lot of it is a little exaggerated, you know. I mean, even the tagline, it was, uh, or the subhead was uh, how I said yes when really I meant no, maybe, perhaps, or perhaps sometime in the future. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I imagine if you had sent that to him, maybe he would have seen a red flag. Of like, yeah, oh, and, I don't know. You know <laughs> this I feels like was, it might be about me. <laughs> yeah. There just, you know, there was definitely a lot of red flags on both of our sides, you know, particularly when he really wanted health insurance, because of course, this is before Obamacare. Right. And uh, figured that since I don't really care about a big wedding, that uh, we should just get married right away so he could have health insurance. And I was kind of like, no, not not really going to do that either. So <laughs> so uh, how long did you have this blog going before you really can realize that you should consider how it, you know, what it means for your engagement and and marriage? Gosh, I'm trying to think. I think it was probably only about six or seven months, mm-hmm. maybe. I mean, that's a long time to be engaged and be, had you set a date? Like, did you know when you were going to get married? No, not at that. Not not at all. (laughs) So you were just sort of in limbo. Yeah. I mean, he was kind of pressuring me to come up with a date and I was kind of like, whoa, uh, you know, I'm just getting used to this idea as it is. Like, let's give myself some time here. So yeah, it it never really evolved beyond just sort of this um, 
tangential thing. And, you know, I, I hate the word fiance. I think it's really awful. Yeah. His yeah. family would refer to me as his fiance, but, mm-hmm. you know, that was not something that I would ever have categorized myself as. I mean, in general, I don't really like being referred to as anyone's something. Like, right. I'm my own person. Right. Six months in and you kind of friends and family are starting to, you know, say, I'm so sorry that you feel this way about getting married. And you kind of, I guess, have the seems like you have the realization that there a conversation needs to happen. So exactly what was the com- can you talk a little bit about that conversation as much as you're comfortable and um you know what how what it felt like because i am someone who doesn't like conflict or confrontation yeah. and to me that seems like one of yeah. the ultimate confrontation situations that i would be so well, nervous about one of the things i regret is that it kind of came up during a fight mm-hmm. uh, which i suppose is not surprising but he was just like i said he kept saying well like why don't we just you know, get it sooner, do it sooner because I really need health insurance. And I just finally kind of was like, I lost it. And I'm like, look, like, I don't, I don't want to be engaged at all. I don't want to do this. I'm just, I'm not comfortable with this. I don't feel good about this. I'm anxious. I don't want to do this. And he was very upset, obviously. And I felt terrible. And then we both felt terrible. And, you know, I think we had a lot more just back and forth of, well, why did you say yes? And I sent me would say, you know, I don't know. I just felt like I should. And yeah, I stopped wearing the ring. Um, and that was kind of, it was really a very weird situation. <laughs> because you guys didn't break up immediately. You sort of no. kept going. Yeah. That was the, the really strange part is we, you know, I think he understood that I, I struggle with anxiety in a lot of aspects of my life. And so he kind of realized, okay, I need to back off of this, you know, and then every time we would have a conflict, a lot of times he would bring that up again. Um, I'm not proud of this. This is not really a good, I wouldn't recommend dealing with things this way. I mean, I've definitely learned a lot from the experience because, you know, our relationship took on a completely different trajectory at that point. You know, we just, there was just so much, I think, animosity on both ends that built up. And what kind of was finally the the event that made you guys go your separate ways? Well, interesting. Kind of a similar thing that brought us together in the first place. I lost my job. <sighs> and then I was, you know, super depressed and I didn't know what to do because I had moved out to California for this job. But at that point, I, you know, a year and a half in, I wasn't really ready to just give it up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was also a couple of family deaths and I just kind of realize, you know, he wasn't, I didn't really feel like he was very supportive during this time. And I kind of felt like he was making the situation a lot about himself. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of came to this realization. I went home to visit my family and I came back and I was just like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't be with someone who doesn't make me feel good. And I don't feel good right now. And so he moved. And what did life after that looked like? How did you kind of readjust back into, you know, single life and and how did it affect relationships you pursued afterwards? You know, I dated a lot. Um, When I say dated, that's probably a little bit of a fancier term for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) But But we got what you mean. (laughs) Yeah. um, A lot, which, you know, sometimes it was not, I did not make the best choices, obviously, but I think it was also an experience I really needed to have, particularly because I didn't really date that much when I was younger. Right. 
so I think I was sort of like living out my, you know, what probably would have been my late teen, early twenties, but instead living it out in my late twenties, it was not, I mean, there was some good points of those few months. Did friends or your parents ever encourage you to like get back together with him or give him another chance or don't let him move away? My family and friends did not at all ever say such a thing. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I believe his may have, but I, right. I think my friends and family know me well enough to know that uh, it was it had become a volatile situation. And how do you feel about marriage now? I mean, I just how did this either make your feelings about marriage more complex or are you still are you even more i i don't think i'm going to get married now or or how did how does it change the way you look at long term commitment well there's sort of an interesting uh capstone to this i guess which is that this guy who i'd become very good friends with even while i was still with my ex boyfriend we were really tight and you know he so he saw me through all of these bad times and mm-hmm. our friends would always tease us that we should just start dating and so about two and a half years ago we decided to try doing that um oh. yeah so i mean my feelings are a little bit changed because i've finally come to the realization that uh it is more about the person i think i had just never really the difference is i guess i'd never really met someone who I felt like I wanted to do that with. I'm still not like all gung-ho, I got to have this crazy wedding or anything, but I'm a lot less horrified by the idea. So you could see yourself getting engaged again? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and he's That's actually, such a surprise happy ending to this I know. story. Well, he uh, He's actually been engaged twice before in his youth too. So we're both, I think, kind of equally apprehensive. Yeah, you're going into it with a little... Like you guys are very wise going yeah, into this. You know, we don't, we've been together more than two and a half years now and we don't live together. We're just trying to be very cautious, but you know, it, it's especially, it's getting weirder and weirder for me, I think right now, because I'm in my early thirties and now mm-hmm. it seems like everybody is getting married and I'm getting all these wedding invites and it's just like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I, ha- I, what's happening. I haven't gotten the deluge of wedding invites, but I, I do hear similar sentiments among friends who are like at that stage who are just like oh my gosh every other week I get a new save the date yeah and it's exhausting and I, was, I was for a little while before I was starting to kind of feel like uh Annie and bridesmaids just this kind yeah. of like oh god everything in my life is a failure and everyone else <laughs> is doing it right <laughs> but she ends up everything works out for her too oh, yeah and, she's and she has right and she has hilarious friends and exactly she gets to take all the cookies, and it's great. Yeah, and she gets to hang out with Melissa McCarthy, which is always a which is always the goal. Exactly, more so than marriage, the goal is to be best friends with Melissa McCarthy. Oh, for sure. So, not mm-hmm. that I expect you to be the all time number one expert on engagement, getting married, but for people out there who are also feeling ambivalent or reluctant for long term commitment, or just totally anti marriage forever times a million, what would your piece of advice or what kind of can you, you know, summarize is your piece of advice for them? Don't buy into societal hype. <laughs> Don't buy into societal hype. Why do you say that? Well, because I, I think especially for women and especially women in our, you know, let's say late 20s, early 30s, there's so much, as you were saying, it, there's so much pressure for us. Oh, this is what you should be doing. And this is where you should be. And no, forget that. There's no should be. It's that we shouldn't have to feel like there's something wrong with us if we're, 
you know, mid thirties and not married yet. That's ridiculous. It's, it shouldn't be, I don't think marriage should be viewed as this milestone that we all have to meet. It's I feel like it's like one of those things it's, it's nice to have, but it's not a necessity. Do you believe in the idea that like, you'll feel it when it's right? Like, you know it in your gut. I hope so. I don't, I don't know if I believe in that or yeah. not. That's the advice we get so much with relationships. And I'm like, I kind of want you to just tell me something that I can quantify and notice. Like your pointer finger will turn purple and that's how you know yeah. it's right. Exactly. Or something that like I can know for sure. But I was just curious what you yeah, thought. No, 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 I don't. I don't know. I don't feel like. I mean, other people say they do, but do they actually or are they just saying that they do? Or is it just you feel it in retrospect? I think that this is a lot of like hindsight feelings. When yeah. you're like, oh, I just looked at him and I knew. I'm like, there's no way. That's yeah. just, you did not. No. But you can't say that to someone when they're telling you a nice romantic story because that comes off as mean. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I'm working on controlling that urge. But it sounds like things, not happily ever after, but it sounds like this story does have a happy ending. So usually I feel like breaking off an engagement story ends up kind of in the low point, but it sounds like you're back at a high point. Is that a good yeah. analysis? So I'd say right before my 30th birthday, I was at a really, really, really low point, just yeah. bad. And then I kind of just, I hate to use this cliche, but I kind of just said to myself, all right, self, you can wallow in pity and feel bad or you can freaking do something about it. Yeah. Sometimes so. you need to remind yourself that. I do that all the time. Yeah. I also, you know, I, I ended up changing careers not that long after that and just mm -hmm. making a lot of changes, um, you know, just working out and all of these other lifestyle changes that I hadn't been doing. And I think that all obviously contributes to just feeling better. Yeah. Yeah. So so you are a writer. You're still freelancing. Where can people find your writing and, and read all the wonderful, hilarious things you write? Um, well, right now I'm in a little bit of hiatus, but I am mm -hmm. trying to get some new gigs with Atlas Obscura, mm -hmm. um, and the hairpin. Uh, but previously most of my work has been, um, crime reporting for regional daily papers. So not so, as, so not, not as easy to look up, but people, no, although if you look up my name, there's a, you'll find a lot of stuff. But people can follow you on Twitter, I assume, to stay yes. updated. So why don't you share your Twitter handle? It's just uh, JMPasco96. And that's P-A-S-K-O. And we'll put that in the podcast description for our listeners. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Jess. I really appreciate you sharing your story today. I hope I didn't grill you too hard, but I loved talking to you. Thank you. I hope I didn't come across as too much of a, I don't know. <laughs> jerk <laughs> no you came across perfect okay good. i loved talking to you and and i wish you the best thank you thank you so much for joining me for another episode of adulthood made easy if you have questions or topics you'd like me to cover in the future just tweet them to me at sam sabel and i'll add them to my list i'd like to thank our editor tim einenkel and our producer Kristen meinzer and if you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review it in iTunes. The more people that review it, the easier the show is to find. I'm Sam Zabel, and I'll see you next time. Bye.